This week on the podcast, Carrie and I are sitting down with a guest who's really just a big Disney fan like us, except he's also a speaker, a published author, a coach, and a widely recognized expert on all things Disney. Oh, and the host of WDW Radio Podcast. Stay tuned for our interview with Lou Mangello. Hi, I'm Francine and you're listening to the Pixie Dust Fan Podcast, a podcast where our first topic of conversation will always be Disney. I've been a Disney fan for as long as I can remember and I'm determined to bring more of that Disney magic into my everyday life. So if you need a little extra pixie dust in your day, you've come to the right place. Thanks so much for listening and let's get started. Welcome to another episode of the Pixie Dust Fan Podcast. Hi, Carrie. Hello. How are you doing? I'm pretty darn good. Pretty darn good. Oh, that's yeah, pretty Because we've got an exciting guest today. We do. I'm well, excited. All of our guests are exciting. We're always, we're always excited about our guests. We're always excited to talk to new people and learn new things. And yeah. But th- so this week we have Lou Mangello on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty cool. So he's an author, public speaker. He's like, he wrote trivia books about Disney. I know. I have some. <laughs> it's crazy, right? So yeah, we're pretty excited to chat with them. And uh, maybe we should just, we should just get to the interview, right? Yeah. All right. Let's do it. Let's do it. Lou, welcome to the podcast. We are so excited to have you here. Um, Carrie and I have been talking about having you on for a long time. So thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me and sending me poutine in advance. So that's yeah. always, that's so it's, it's a big help. <laughs> well, poutine is such a good treat to have. Where's your favorite one? Before we get started, where's your favorite one? Oh, I mean, I have to say Canada, right? I mean, I'd be good answer. Good guess. answer. <laughs> if I said Disney Springs, I think you I think the conversation would probably end pretty quickly. Uh, no, I went to Canada to speak a number of years ago when I was first introdu- introduced to what poutine actually is. And everybody was going out to dinner one night. I'm like, I need to go off on my own. And I walked like 11 blocks to this poutine place. And it was where I just sat there by myself with this huge smile on my face, eating an obscene amount of poutine. It was worth every calorie and every step. (laughs) It definitely is a good treat. It really is. Well, thank you again so much for being with us. And I know our listeners are excited to hear from you. You know, you, I I said to you just before we started recording in full disclosure that it was a little intimidating um, having you here because honestly, you are, you've been rated the top travel podcast for, for years, like nine years, 10 years going around there. Like it's, it's intimidating to have you on our podcast. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) We're all... Listen, we're all, first of all, we're all friends and we all just, you know, we're just people that love to talk about this thing that makes us happy. So it's, it's awesome. So we want, we really want to talk about your backstory, how this all started. You know, they've all heard how Carrie and I uh, sort of fell in love with Disney, but where did it start for you? How did, how did it start? And then you turn into this author, podcaster, you know, motivational speaker, you're, you're a social media giant that you do all of these things, but it started, it started with your love of Disney. First of all, as a quick aside, <laughs> if I'm ever feeling bad about myself, I'm just going to call you up and like, Can you say something nice about me. Um, so it started at home, right? Where I think a lot of our love of Disney often starts. Um, it started growing up watching movies and, and wonderful world of Disney on, on Sunday nights with my parents. And In November of 1971, uh, three weeks after Walt Disney World opened, we literally hopped into the family truckster and drove down from New Jersey to Disney. And I don't have personal memories of that trip. We have photos, but we ended up going back every year because of the way this place made us feel and just how much we enjoyed it. Um, Never, obviously, thinking it would ever turn into anything (laughs) else more than, you know, me going with my family, then going with my friends, then going with my wife, then going with my family and, and um, you know, going from a, a passion to a business was never something that was ever part of the, I wish I could say like, this was the long-term plan since <laughs> I was a kid and it had my long-term plan had nothing to do with Disney initially. Because you, you are a lawyer. Like you went to law school, you were going to practice law. That was your future. 
And I like the fact that you said that I am a lawyer. Like I was not disbarred. Like I still can. <laughs> I still can practice. I just choose not to. Um, I was. I it's because that is what I wanted to do. Um, my dad was a lawyer, and and I loved you know movies like Injustice for All and the drama of the courtrooms. And I thought that's what it was going to be like. Um, I love the idea of helping people. We did. We had a plaintiff. Pra- I worked practice with my dad. Um, it's not what you see on TV. <laughs> By any stretch of the imagination, it's uh, it's incredibly high stress and not quite as high drama. Um, but the whole time, I've got this sort of love of Disney on the side, and everything really changed with this idea that I had late one night. Um, so I, I practiced law, and I had an IT consulting, like a computer consulting business on the side, so I never slept. So <laughs> like late at night, I would just fall asleep watching infomercials, and because I was always in the service business, I said, I want to make something once and resell it. And the idea of a book came to me. And I really honestly was not smart enough to write about the law or computers. And I really set out to write the book that I wanted to read, which was a Disney trivia book, um, a Disney World trivia book, which didn't exist. Um, I literally remember going upstairs, asking my wife who was watching TV. I said, I'm having, I have this idea about writing a book. And before I could say what it was, she goes, well, all you know about is Disney World. I'm like, exactly. And I went downstairs and started writing. And I just haven't left the basement since. Wow. And those books are, yeah, those are incredible. I remember chatting really when Facebook first came about. And we were, there was a group where people, Disney fans were all meeting and you were in there and I was chatting and I remember seeing your name and thinking, where do I know this name from? And I, at first I was like, you know, do, is it someone from school or something like that? And then I thought, oh, wait a minute, that book I have upstairs, that's where I see the name from. And yeah, then two and two came together. So it really started for you with a book. Yeah. Yep. It started with a book. Um you know, the idea was it was just a personal challenge for myself. Can I write a book and can I get it published? And I'm going to show how old I am in one sentence. <laughs> so I knew nothing about the book publishing industry. I literally drove to Barnes and Nobles. Kids, you can kids, you can Google what that was. I went to the travel section. I took all the travel books off the shelf. I sat. I literally sat on the floor in a corner, turned every book over, and wrote down the name of every publisher. And I sent out 47 query letters um, to see if anybody would be interested in publishing the book. And the takeaway lesson is you only need one yes. I only got one yes. <laughs> so wow. I found a publisher. And yeah, I signed a three-book deal never thinking that once the book was on Amazon and in that same Barnes & Noble bookstore that anything would happen after that. Um, but I had a little website and a community and articles. And you know, thankfully, it, it just sort of grew from there. What a great lesson. One yes. That's all you need. Wow. That's awesome. And this all came from that. So so you start from there and you're just, you're talking trivia. It's it's starting to consume you. When do you decide, okay, this is the path I'm on. This is, I'm going to make this more than just my side book. So, you know, I can't really point to a specific moment per se. Um, what was happening though was, I was in New Jersey. I was practicing law during the day, like going to court, seeing clients, going to like I was literally like in I this is a true story. I was in my suit. I left court one day and one of my networking clients had an issue and it was a lumber yard. So I'm in this lumber yard full of sawdust and just dirt everywhere. And I'm laying on the ground trying to run network cable to figure out where the problem is. I go back to my office. I see clients till six go home. You know, I still to this day, I have dinner with my family every night, you know, eat from like six to seven. And then I would go down my basement and just write and podcast and do whatever till, you know, one, two o'clock in the morning, which things really haven't very, changed very much <laughs> other than I don't practice law anymore. Um, and it started to be that I was flying back and forth from New Jersey to Florida once a month, twice a month, um, a few times more. And then we eventually moved to South Florida um, where my parents were. And after my dad passed, I was still driving four hours back and forth from South Florida to Orlando. I said, look, I, if I'm going to give this a shot, I've got to really give it a shot. And again, not to sort of be preachy with it, but there is a, a the, the takeaway lesson was that I was motivated by fear and it was not Ooh. fear of failure. It was fear of regret. And I was afraid, I was more afraid of, five, 10, 20 years go by going, you know, I wonder what would have happened if I would have given this Disney thing a shot. 
So that fear overcame the, what if I try it and it doesn't work? I think what if are two incredibly powerful words, depending on which way you frame them. So I said, look, I'm going to give this a shot. And if it doesn't work, I'll check it off the list and, you know, I'll go work. I'll it's still to this day, if you ask me what I do for a living, I'll answer you whatever it takes, because it's not just a line. It's true. Like, I will do whatever I need to do to make sure my family eats two, three times a week at least. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's so it's so inspiring to hear how you got from there to, to where you are now. But. I can sense and and I think everybody can sense that your your love for the for Disney itself hasn't changed over all these years that you started out going to the parks as a kid with your family and it goes on and on but you're still going and still enjoying it but it, but it's now like a big huge part of your life like I know you do coaching and all that other stuff but Disney is is your job almost but you're still loving it Francine, look at my look at my office. It looks like a seven year old lives here. Right? <laughs> like, like, you know, I'm 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 very self enough to know, but it do. Like I still like I love this place. I love the way it makes me feel. And I literally live like a mile and a half behind Magic Kingdom. Like I, I'm in the Magic Kingdom's back backyard, but when I go, I still smile. I get that sort of feeling that we all get as you sort of pass under those train tracks and you know every time i walk into boathouse my heart gets a little a flutter um and if because and you of know the what, fries it, well the, the truffle fries have something to do with it but the day that this stops being fun for me is the day i stop doing it and my hand to god like that's true like i've ever said if if i still don't wake up with that same level of excitement and struggle at night because I don't want to go to sleep because I love what I'm working on. When that stops, that's when I know it's time to move on. And thankfully, not thank God, like I'm not even close to that yet. Wow. And all of your time spent in the parks and everything else, like you can, you can feel it from you, how much you love it. How do you keep so positive about it? And and I mean, because sometimes Carrie and I joke that we're we're pretty cheesy because like, it's just no matter what happens, we love it. Yeah, like, we get, might get criticized a bit that we always see the sunny side of everything. Even <laughs> even we can all even if we don't think sunny about something, we can find we can flip it or you know we we usually say nothing negative about right. about. Uh, but you it's know, a me, choice yeah. you make, right? So look, I mean, the little sign I have over my head that says "Choose the Good" is something I said by accident, like a year or so ago, and I I. It, it really sort of resonated with people and with me because it sort of encapsulates my philosophy, which is, you know, because I listen, I get people saying, how are you so positive? And then you get people on Twitter like, how's that guy so pot like that jerk? <laughs> stay off Twitter. Kids just stay <laughs> adults. Stay away. It's a cesspool. But it's who I am. Right. And the person that I am on the show and at a meet and on live video is the exact same person you're going to get in real life, like me or not. Like, this is who I am. And it is a choice to be positive because, you know, not to sound overly philosophical, like life is way too short. And especially if I'm doing something, I'll frame it this way. If you're doing something that you're paying for, whether it's going to Disney, going to a movie, going to a restaurant, don't you want to, even if it's not a perfect experience, why would you not want to say, you know what, maybe this wasn't great, but I love this. I'm going to choose the good and find the good in everything that I do because I want to find the things that make me happy. And I believe that positivity has a ripple effect. You know, in a, in a time of COVID, I hate to sort of use the word, but positivity is contagious. And mm -hmm. I think who we are is sort of like that drop in the lake and there's those that ripple effect and it could be positive or negative and i just choose to you know i do i, I choose the good and i choose things that make me happy and hopefully it affects other people the same way talk about being cheesy i, <laughs> I just won the cheesy award right there <laughs> well we've had some feedback that on our podcast episodes when we're doing this or that or things that we think you know are you know not so great anymore we can never find it and and people are like okay so the you did this whole episode and you really didn't pick anything 
that you right. didn't like. <laughs> or like, we'll say that we we we'll say that we we'll let we'll leave it instead of love it or leave it or whatever we're saying. But then by the time we've done, we've said we've left it. We've pretty much like circled back and and but really said why we we're okay that we left it but we really do sort of like it that's what we do you know what i would never and and my mom has passed but i would never admit to her now something that she said to me like for years and years and years growing up and i'm like yeah 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 whatever lady she used to say if you can't say something nice don't say it right and i was like that's fine but you need to express your opinion but you know what with what we do Right, I think you, like me, you, you want to find the things that are happy. You want to find the things that are good. And look, and, and this is what I love about the, the podcast medium is that anybody can be a podcaster. Anybody can literally and figuratively have a voice. But my feeling has always been that the people who are listening to my show are listening, one, because they want to escape from all that nonsense. They want to escape from all the bad stuff that's going on outside here. They're planning a trip to Walt Disney World. They're trying to get some of that Disney into their lives. Why would they want to hear me complain about the hamburger that I had at Pecos Pills? Not that I've ever had a bad hamburger at Pecos Pills. <laughs> but why would they want to hear me do that and then potentially go, oh, well, we were going to go to Pecos Pills, but he said it was awful. So now I would rather have a positive impact and say – Here's stuff that you've never done. Or, you know what? I didn't love the burger, but the chicken sandwich was a huge surprise. Whatever it might be, it's just, it's who I am. It's how I choose to frame things. And I think that there's nothing wrong with that. I think it's, I totally agree. And it <laughs> bugs me when I hear um, others who have made a career or a living or or even, you know, whatever. And, and they're being negative all the time. It drives me crazy. Like, if you it, don't you love it, it, don't make it your right. job. Ignore it. But that look, that's it's fine because there is a, a section of people, yes, even surprisingly in the Disney space, of people that that's who they are. That's what they feed off. And that's the beauty because, look, my show is not for everybody. Your show is not for everybody. You don't want every single Disney fans. You want those that, that sort of align with your beliefs and your philosophies about how you feel about going to the parks. And, you know, People know what they're going to get. They know that they're going to get something that's happy and positive and not, you know, a 45-minute rant about how you hate this and why you shouldn't do that and Disney's doing this. You're not going to get that on my show. No. You're always going to get a good review of The Boathouse. And it's always. and it's <laughs> because it's you were live, actually, yesterday uh, on Facebook and, and YouTube. And uh, it's funny. We, I saw you were at Disney Springs and I thought, oh, I wonder if he's going to go to The Boathouse. And sure Francine, enough. They made, they made me go. The people I was with made me go. <laughs> sure enough, that's where you ended up. And um, yeah, but I, I, well, we all know that um, that's one of your, your favorite places to to hang out but even walking around there you could see your smile like even last night just wandering around disney springs you were so happy and excited to be there and and that really speaks volumes to the fan that you are now were you, your parents were big fans as well or was yeah. it just like yep. they loved it just as much they did and you know we had a very close family but there was something about the trips to disney that were just different um, I, I, you know, look, and you, you guys get it, right? And I think you either get it or you don't. So when I say that when you walk through those gates, all the bad stuff is just sort of stripped away and you forget about bills and work and nonsense and, and you just go and you have this pure, unadulterated, like good, happy time when you're there. And that's, you're going to try and make me cry, aren't you? That is... It is. It's sort of the, the nucleus of, of why I do what I do because of how that place has always made me feel. And it still does. And it, and it does. I, I think I even appreciate it more as an adult because I think as an adult, I understand more of what I'm leaving outside. Mm -hmm. there's, a, there's a lot more to leave outside of that bubble as an adult that you really get to escape and, and just be in the moment and be in those parks. And it really is... Like it, it sound it is the happy place. That's yeah. that's the happy place, and, and that's what I love about podcasting, and even more so live video is it is such an there's such intimate mediums, right? That you can't fake it. Look, if you guys were trying to fake your love of something that was not there, 
your audience would hear it. And on live video, they'll see it. They could tell if you're faking or like, like, mm, this is a great cupcake. No, they'll know if it's not a great cupcake. So that that smile that, that you see is the same smile that your audience can hear when they're listening to you talk about something. Absolutely. Now, when you think about, I know you went to Walt Disney World as a child. Did you do, did you visit Disneyland as a child or was that later? It didn't happen until I was older. Yeah, my parents never made it out there. And how did you feel about Disneyland on your first visit? And it's important because when you grow up going to Walt Disney World and then you go to Disneyland... It's a pilgrimage is what it is when, you, it is. when you're an, when you're an adult <laughs> fan, when you've been a fan your whole life and you go later in life to Disneyland. It's a, it's a pilgrimage you know what? to Francie's the You asked me a question because she knows exactly what I'm going to say. You want to hear me say that I cried when I stepped on the main street? <laughs> Fine. I cried when I stepped on the main street. <laughs> the first time I went, um, I, was, I was meeting some, some guy friends out there and I had an earlier flight. So I checked into my little hotel across the street and I walked into Disneyland like – and I had never looked at a map of the park. I did no research. I wanted to just experience it like a little kid. And you do. Like, you talk about a place that the whole Walt Walk there, and you see the lamp up there, and you see the castle, and, and all of a sudden you get this flood of emotions I did. And then I got lost because it's, <laughs> it's, it's like Walt Disney World's Magic Kingdom, but not exactly. I'm like, what's this dead end doing out here? Where? What? <laughs> it's a place that's so familiar, but unfamiliar yeah, at the same time. Just different enough. Just a little yeah. bit. I'm like, what critter country? What's a critter country? <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty, yeah, it's definitely, it's different. Carrie and I, so Carrie's favorite is Disneyland and, and mine is Walt Disney World. Growing up, so we, we're always comparing the two, but there really is nothing like feeling you, you're walking where Walt walked, which yeah. is, which is pretty overwhelming. Like, I remember doing the 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 tour and I can't is it called it's walking Walt's footsteps in Disneyland it is and when you're walking through and and you hear his voice and you're standing in the spot that you're I I will admit I cried Um, so does that does that tour take you to Walt's apartment it's supposed to but the year that i did it it's like such a it's a, it's a no. sore subject it was being refurbed or cleaned or whatever and we ended up going to the apartment above uh, um club 33 it's yeah. not that it's not that big a deal you didn't it's miss not <laughs> so wait i'll tell you a quick story because we did a we did an adventures by disney years ago we did a, a, a private group adventures by disney and you know the the, the um at the time, Walt's apartment was like the surprise. Like you never thought you were going to go up there because this, this was pre um, the, the Walt and Walt footsteps tour. So everybody goes upstairs and they're all choked up and they're taking pictures like by the wall and by the lamp. Not this guy. You know, I made a beeline. I knew exactly where I wanted to go. And I walked around the corner and I was allowed to go there. It was it, it's closed now and it's probably my fault. But I walked <laughs> around the corner and I walked into Walt's bathroom. The lid was closed, but I went and I sat down on the seat and I was like, this is where Walt did all of his thinking. Like, I want to get some of that like mojo from Walt and some inspiration because, you know, that's where he got all of his best ideas from. It's now roped off. It's now roped off. (laughs) So I apologize. It's all your fault. Oh, my gosh. That's fantastic. And do you <laughs> get that? Get that mental. I'm sorry. Get that mental image out of your head. I shouldn't have. So I should not have told that story. Oh, but that's a great story because it, it shows the kind of fan fandom, right? Everybody's going for the lamp. Um, <laughs> I think that's great. So when you think about the the difference between Walt Disney World and Disneyland, um, is there something that you really appreciate about Walt Disney World that isn't at Disneyland? It's the blessing of size. It really is the blessing. I mean, Walt said it perfectly. Um, I love the fact that the parks are different. I love the fact that you can go to both and there are things that exist only in each of the other parks. But, you know, the first one I went to Disneyland and I I did. I asked, I said, how do I get to California Adventure? 
And the customer says, oh, you walk right out the front gate and it's right there. I'm like, well, do I have to get a monorail, a bus? He's like, dude, no, it literally is like right there. Like you just walk. I'm like, is it like a mile, two miles? He's like, dude, it like I could throw a, I could throw you and you'll be at the front gate. Um, so the idea that everything is so compact and, and right there and, and very walkable, there is something, and I mean this in, in a, as a compliment and a respectful way, there's something so incredibly quaint about Disneyland. There is. Absolutely. And so I had a podcast um, episode that I did with Jeff Barnes, the um, author of The Wisdom of Walt. Mm -hmm. And I asked him the question because it's something that always irks me too. So I wanted to get your opinion on it. When lots of, when people refer to it as Disney World and they drop the Walt, it's very important to me that generations to come remember that Walt was a man that Walt Disney existed and, and dreamt this huge thing that impacted so many. What does it mean to you having the Walt in Walt Disney World? It's the most important part, right? I mean, it is because you're right. It's, you know, there's, there's that, there was that survey so many years ago when people thought that, you know, Walt Disney was a fictional character. They never really realized it was a, a, a real person like so many, you know, brand mascots. That's what people thought Walt was. Um, you know, but I, and I love the fact that Roy insisted that the Walt be there, that it, it 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 paid tribute to him. But we have to remember too, like this is, you know, we bleed this, right? We bleed Disney <laughs> for the average guests. They don't know the difference, right? Then mm-hmm. the nomenclature is less meaningful to them. So I, I'm 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 incredibly forgiving of it because it's not something that's intentional. But you know the people who are the true fans because they'll make sure that they that they articulate every single syllable of every single word in Walt Disney World. Absolutely. Do you have a favorite attraction at the parks? Other than Boathouse? Other I, than I the Boathouse. I'm going to need some time to think. <laughs> um, so I'm going to give you the recovering lawyer answer because they're, in some respects, I, I love the classics. Um, I, I think that Haunted Mansion and Peter Pan's Flights um, – are timeless. Um, you know, going as often as I sometimes do, I don't ride things every time I go, but I love just a casual ride on the people mover. Mm-hmm. But that being said, there are some attractions that are just, uh, you know, not just here domestically, but worldwide. There are some attractions that are just jaw dropping um, and incredible. So uh, I'll say Haunted Mansion just to make it easy for you, but I can do it a 45 <laughs> minute, you know, top 50 list of my favorite attractions. Is there one that's gone that you miss the most? 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Ah. Yeah. That's the one that gets you. That's the one that gets me. Um, I would have said Toad, but I can still ride it in California. But there was something about those subs and walking down those little stairs and putting your head in that porthole. I actually have a porthole. I have a 20,000 league sub porthole still in my garage. Cause I just don't know what to do with it. Cause it weighs like 50 pounds and I can't mount it to the wall. But um, to have that piece of like Walt Disney world history from an attraction that I and my dad, like I, I can literally see myself pulling that seat down and my dad sitting next to me. And like, I bought into it. Like I believed that we were going underwater and the bubbles were all real and everything I saw was real. Um, and I loved having that, that childlike innocence and in in just loving that attraction so much. And do you find when you go on the, the one at Disneyland now as an adult, do you feel like, I don't know about you, but I feel incredibly claustrophobic on it. (laughs) Afraid you're going to fall. Like you have to make it in and make it out of it. That's another, forget about, you got to get in the ride first. I think I'm getting the bends. I feel like the pressure is is off. Um, No, I mean, I love it because, I love it more so because of the nostalgia that it brings back. Yeah. I think so much of it too, when you grow up going to the parks is the nostalgia yeah. and, and seeing all of that. I think, um, I, I love that I can still ride toad in, in Disneyland. So that's, that's one of my favorites. The other one I miss is, uh, if you had wings, mm-hmm. that was one of my absolute favorite rides as a kid, because I bought into that one the way you bought into the other one, that we were flying, we were traveling the world, we could see and do all sorts of things. And it was free, so it (laughs) it was free. Exactly, exactly. Now, how do you, what are you most looking forward to with the 50th this year? Because it's a big celebration at Walt Disney World. 
So my answer is is the same that I give when whenever I'm asked about things I'm looking forward to. And it honestly is, and especially now, it's all the things that we don't know. Because we still, I mean, it's, you know, the day we're recording this, we still don't know very much. Mm-hmm. They've painted the new entrance colors and, and the castle's been, you know, adorned with new colors. But we know very little other than, you know, Ratatouille's going to open and there's going to be a few things here and there. But especially, I think the timing is going to be very serendipitous because not only is it going to be such a monumental anniversary, but hopefully by October, a lot of things that we're still doing now will be gone by then, you know, in a, in a hopefully semi, semi-post-COVID-ish world. So if we're able to um, uh, experience the parks without face coverings and plexiglass everywhere and all those things, anything that Disney does on top of that will be gravy on my poutine because <laughs> um, I'm just happy. I am. I am happy that the parks are reopened. And, and I think one thing that we all gained is a much greater appreciation. You know, sometimes we take it for granted, especially as locals. We almost took for granted that we could go there anytime. No, I, and I speak for all of my friends in the area too. Nobody will ever take it for granted that mm-hmm. we're able to go to the parks again. So um, mm-hmm. I think there's sometimes opportunity and adversity and sometimes good comes from it and um, I know a lot of people will uh, and do appreciate the parks more especially yeah I cried the last night and I cried the day I went back to it's I'm a crier it's okay (laughs) I think we also were excited like we get excited before we we get excited for knowing there's stuff coming like I don't know how to say that right like we see that we see the castle and we're like oh my goodness I love it but we're like excited that we know there's more to come. We're excited because we know there's stuff to be announced. We have no idea, but we get a level of excitement waiting <laughs> for something right. that we don't know the details. Right, because you know they're, hi- they're hiding <laughs> it's surprises. Gonna be awesome. Right, they're still hiding some surprises. And I can tell you, like, even if you're not a coaster person, even if you've never seen the movie, Tron is going to knock your Canadian socks off. I'm nervous. <laughs> no, it's so good. And you have to, have to, have to ride it during the day and then ride it again at night because that canopy, when it's all lit up, is I, I wrote it when I was in Shanghai. It is spectacular. Oh, see, that's exciting. It is exciting to think about the new stuff. Now, you've seen the castle colors with your own eyes. We have not yet. So we've, only you know, pictures. we've only the pictures and, and it, it's just, I feel like it's not going to do it justice. Is it as beautiful in person when you look up at those new colors and, and all the gold and everything they've got going on there? Is it just as beautiful as we think it is? I think it's gorgeous. And, and look, a lot of, again, surprise on the internet. Things are not always as they appear on the internet. There's a lot of Photoshopping and oversaturation and, oh my God, it's horrendous. It looks like the castle cake. She's gorgeous, and now she's adorned with all of those extra little bits of decor for the 50th. People, they see the the, the pink colors, and the, and the blue is spectacular, especially against that blue sky of Florida. But that, those are colors that existed not necessarily on the castle, but behind the castle throughout Fantasyland proper. So it really does tie it all together very, very well, but... Yeah, I want to be there when you first walk in and see her. And I want to watch that little tear go down your <laughs> A little face. tear. <laughs> we'll have a box of Kleenex for Fran. It'll be, I know. I, we were talking about that the other day. Like, I'm, I have no idea if I'm going to be a bubbling fool, if I'm just going to skip down Main Street. I'm not quite sure. Try which to hug one, her. Yeah, like, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm so excited to, to finally get there. <laughs> but yeah, we, we, we've been gone for... We haven't been there for a long time. And like you had said with, you know, never take it for granted. It's in your backyard. And we, you know, we've like pinky swore that we're going to go even more than we than we ever yeah. went before. And we went a lot before. And, um, you know, at this point, like if we saw the 50th anniversary, or the like the plastic bag they were going to give out in the stores or, or whatever, we'd be we'd high five each other. We're so excited for every little tidbit uh, that comes our way. And yeah, wait till we see it with our own with our own eyes. It's going to be amazing. So exciting. Now you've done some traveling um since with during COVID and and you've done a little bit of it and you've been in the parks. We should talk about 
how safe you feel it is mm-hmm. in the parks and and in comparison to travels that you've had to you've had to make. So I was there the first day that the parks reopened. Um, and I've been back a lot since. And I'm not saying this as a Disney fan or a Disney podcast. Or... Walt Disney World, without question, is the safest place I have been, period. No qualifiers to that. Um, I've been to restaurants. I've been to airports, both here in the Orlando area, as well as New Jersey and other places and South Florida and, and Florida is like its own planet, like different parts of Florida. <laughs> Some people are like masks. Psh, there's no COVID, whatever. There's no mask. Everybody at Walt Disney world from cast to guests does their part. And the safety protocols they have in place are far and away the best I've seen anywhere. And because everybody is being responsible and being courteous and being respectful and all those other things, it is. It's still the safest place that I've been without question. Wow. That is, that's really good to hear. And we've heard from, from some others. We have friends that, that live in the area as well and have talked about how, how they felt safer at Walt Disney World than they did at the grocery store or... Oh, yeah or anywhere that that really is the safe haven for them um, where all the protocols are being followed and stuff. So yeah, that's, that's good for us to hear. So we just need to get there. Get here and just stay here. Just stay in the little, in the bubble. (laughs) We joke about that. Once we get, once we get somewhere, we may not, we may not come back. (laughs) We may never come home. It's a possibility. Sorry, they, you know what? I heard they closed the borders again. We have to stay. We're going to be here for at least a month. <laughs> we actually thought, remember, we were there for a storm once, Carrie and I, and everybody was like, you better get on a plane. You better get home before the storm hits. And we're, we were kind of like, is it really that bad if we can't get out of here? <laughs> well, and now that we're, we're, we're very well versed from working from home, we yeah. th- like, heck, the next time we're stuck during we're just a... Staying. A storm like that, we'll, we won't even, we'll just stay. We'll just extend the reservation. We'll see how it goes. As long as we have our laptops, we're good to go. We're good to Back go. Back to work. Exactly. Now, Lou, you have so much else in your life that you do besides the parks, the podcast. You also do mentoring, coaching, and speaking engagements as well. So how do people get in touch with you to do all of that stuff? So I'll make it super easy. So everything I do on the Disney side of things is at WDWradio.com. And everything I do sort of on the, the business entrepreneurial side is at LouMangelo.com. And you have done lots of speaking engagements at social media conferences, podcast conferences. Remember I... conferences? Remember those? Yeah, Remember I those? know. Remember we used to go to conferences with like 6,000 people there and we were hugging each other. And... <laughs> Hopefully one day, hopefully one day we get back to that. And how did you get into that part? So like, I'm trying to envision the journey when you think of the the lineage of it and you started as a Disney fan, then you were a lawyer, then, then you're doing this and now you're entrepreneur, coach, speaker. How, How does that come in? So as I started to do this Disney thing, um, I, look, I, I've always believed, um, in, in there's a, there's a Latin phrase it's called, it's Italian phrase called encore amparo, which means I'm always learning. And that's just the way I learn. Like I always believe that like I want to just continue learning as much as I can every day. So as I started doing the website and the podcast, I'm like, I need to learn more because I was teaching myself, like trying to figure out on my own as new technology was evolving. Like I started podcasting, you know, within a couple of months after the technology came out. So I started going to conferences uh, as an attendee, and as I was talking to people and sharing my story, somebody was like, "You should be up there. Like, you should be up there telling your story." And I'm like, <laughs> "You should." Like, I'm looking around, like, "Who are you talking to?" Um, and that's really how it started. I started speaking at conferences and sort of just sharing my journey. And uh, look, at the end of the day, and as I look back on my life, I always realized that I've always wanted to help people whether it was being a lawyer or set up their network or their website or plan a Disney trip. And now I want to help people really do the same thing, which is turn the thing that they love into the thing that they do. Because I understand that often it's a scary, lonely journey 
Um, you know, you might have people around you that are supportive, but maybe they don't know exactly how to help. Maybe you have people who aren't supportive. We just don't know where to go. Um, you know, having taken that journey myself, I, I do. I just want to try and help people. I think life is too short not to get up every day excited to do something that you love. Wow. Do you have um, some success stories like students or people that you've worked with where you think to my, like, this is, this is why I do it. We, <laughs> we actually interviewed um, an Imagineer, Terry Harden, and we yeah. were talking. So she was, she was telling us about how she, what it, she ignites the fuel in somebody. And, and she, she had somebody that just stuck in her head that she feels like, yes, this was such a huge success. Is there, are there people like that for you? There are, and there's, you know, as you ask that question, I, I realize that there's no three words that are more rewarding than when somebody says, because of you, mm. like, because of you, I mean, as long as it's a positive, because of you, I ended up in jail, Mangello. <laughs> you're a horrible, no, but if somebody says, because of you, I did this, or I was inspired to do that, and I mean, look, I'm sure you feel the same way. Sometimes you sit there in front of the microphone by yourself, and you record, and you put it out there and you wait, and you just don't know. And I always tell people, like, you never know who's listening. And that's not a warning. It's, an, it's, a, it's, a, it's a sign of encouragement because you don't know how what you do might affect somebody, right? You might just be talking about Disney, but maybe somebody's having a really bad day, and they just sort of needed that. And you help turn their day around, or they hear about your journey and say, hey, if short, fat Lou Mangello can do it, I can do this too. <laughs> so... Um, those are some of the stories that I get and, and that I hang on to because it makes me feel like I am doing what I set out to do, which is have a positive effect on somebody. And sometimes it comes back as a tangible thing. There was somebody I worked with um, years ago who was in my mastermind group who for years wanted to write a book. And I said, look, if you want to write it, like you got to write it. And what you need to do is you got to get up every morning. You got to make the time. You got to make sacrifices. You're going to get up a half hour early and you're going to write 500 words a day. Like you write 500 words a day in a month. You've got your book. Like you're done. He's like, I don't know if I could do it. So for how, I don't even know how long it was. I mean, it was weeks and weeks. I would get up at five o'clock in the morning and I would text him. I'd call him like, Roger, get up, man. It's time to start. I'm sure his wife and my wife were like, who are you talking to at five <laughs> o'clock? Like, let me see your phone, Mangello. Um, but I did, and I just kept doing it, and he started to sort of get that momentum, and then I saw him at a conference years ago, and I'm standing there talking to somebody, and her eyes widen, and somebody comes up behind me and bear hugs me, and I'm like, what did I do? Am I, am I being incarcerated? And it was him, and he's got tears in his eyes, and he's like, I haven't seen you in years, and he goes, I have something to show you. And I'm like, it's going to be a subpoena. It's obviously, <laughs> and he pulls out, and he takes his book out, and he goes, because of you, he goes, I wrote my book and all these things started to happen. And I, and there was no better. I was so proud of him and for him for being able to do that. That's awesome. Is there somebody in your life that you think because of you, you're where you are? Me? Oh, how much time? I mean, it's a long list. Um, and you know what? It's obviously my parents. Um, mm -hmm. I won't go into it. Don't tell my wife I said my wife, but you know, <laughs> very supportive. I wouldn't be here without her, blah, 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 blah. But it's true. Like, you know, um, <laughs> there were there were many sort of milestone moments when I'm like, I need to do this. And she's like, go. I got it. Like, you do that. I'll take care of the kids and the house and, you know, the overflowing toilet bowl and all the things that are going wrong. And it's and, and having that support system around you is incredibly helpful, which is sometimes what I try and do, too. I need sometimes people need that. They need that support person. They need that encouragement. They need somebody to text them at five o'clock in the morning. Um, you know, it's not my preferred method of communication, <laughs> but if I've got to do it, you know, I will, because sometimes that's what you, you got to give people what they need. When you're... My, my kids are awesome, too, just in case yeah. they're listening. <laughs> When you think, so you think about all of these people that have, have helped you along the way, are there people that you are intimidated by? So have you ever, have you been interviewing people, talking to people where you're just starstruck or intimidated or like I can, Carrie and I interviewed Bob Gurr and I can't even begin to tell you, we spent days talking about it. 
we wouldn't she wouldn't let me tell anybody we were doing it in case we, <laughs> we jinxed, jinxed it. it. <laughs> right, you don't want to jinx it. <laughs> we had six devices recording it. Yep. And I think neither one of us put together a coherent sentence because it was, he talked to Walt Disney and now he's talking to us. And, and yeah. we did we a lot were... of giggling and <laughs> Fran asked the questions. We giggled. That's... But Bob is like the nicest guy. I mean, he, you know, he's such, he's such a, a good human being. You know, there's not a lot of, you start talking to Bob and depending on how many, you know, cocktails he's had too, he's, he's very relaxed. So, um, <laughs> He's a great, he's an easy one to be nervous for, right? Because he probably made it easy for you and probably made you feel very comfortable. Oh, he did. He <laughs> gave us in trouble right out of the gate because I called him Mr. Gurr. Um, and yeah, so that didn't, <laughs> he was like, don't call me that. Um, but is there anybody that has been very intimidating for you where you, you had the butterflies and the, you know, couldn't, couldn't get a sentence out? So on one hand, if you don't get a little nervous between before every interview, every time you step on stage, then you shouldn't be doing it, right? Because we're fans first. So everybody they get to talk to is is a privilege and there's that nervous excitement. Um, you know, it's interesting because you try and sort of control those nerves as much as you can and be professional. <laughs> And and this is not meant to name drop, and and I'm, I'm not I'm trying to avoid answering the question by not answering the question. But <laughs> I, I will tell you, I, I had the opportunity years ago to interview Julie Andrews. Oh, and I so Dang. yeah, so like you, I cleared the house. I'm like, just go somewhere. Don't come back till tomorrow, just in case it goes long. I cleared the house. I had multiple devices going on. Um, because you don't want to, you know, make that that cataclysmic mistake and never have the opportunity again. And my training as a trial attorney, you know, you have to be prepared for every interview. I don't care if it's Julie Andrews or the guy down the street. Like you need to be, you owe that person the respect of being prepared. So I, I knew from both a preparation point of view and a fan point of view. Like I didn't even need notes. I could have just had that conversation. Um, and she too was the just the, the the pinnacle of just grace and everything that you want Julie Andrews to be. I promise you, she is. And all of my sort of from the first few minutes, my my nervousness went away. And at the end of the interview, we were done. She her I was supposed to have fifteen minutes. Forty five minutes later, we're still talking. And we're done. And this is when I, I got tongue-tied. I'm like, um, Dame Julie, Miss Andrews, Mary Poppins, I, I, I want to tell you, like, I've been a fan since I was a little boy, and, and I love Mary Poppins so much, and now I get to show my kids. And she goes, oh, Lou. And I'm like, oh, my God, Mary Poppins just said my name. And I lost it. Like, I completely lost it. And when the interview was over, I'm, uh, I don't know why. Why did I tell you this? Like, I cried again. I just, like, broke down. Like, I'm, I could just talk to Mary Poppins. And I was like, you know what? If not one person listens to this interview, I don't even care because <laughs> I had that moment with her. Oh, my goodness. Wow. And I can, I can absolutely get that. That would have been incredible to talk to her. Yeah. FYI, I told Franny we couldn't tell anybody about you because I didn't want to jinx that either. <laughs> she did. <laughs> jinx what? Jinx this? Yes. <laughs> Please. <laughs> yeah it was it was the whole you know this morning texting are you ready tonight yeah yeah <laughs> so we were see i'm telling you you want to feel good deal. one day you, you're a big I'm deal just, put you guys on my favorites on my phone so I can call you like, like a little pep talk you can call us whenever we'll give you the pep talk for sure <laughs> This has been like incredible just to sit and talk to you and get to ask you all these questions and, and know more. And we'd love to have you back again. Um, on I the loved it. With us, Lou. I appreciate the opportunity and the privilege of being here. And you guys make it. So being, I was so nervous before this interview. What? Six hours on my hair. Six <laughs> hours I worked on my hair. I've got pages of notes, like just in case. You guys make it very easy, so fun and conversational. And, and thank you so much for having me. Oh, you're awesome. Now, we, we don't let anybody go without sharing. So part of our, our podcast stick is that uh, we always look for the good in everything. 
So there's pixie dust everywhere. You just have to look for it. And sometimes it's a bit of a challenge for us to find it when we haven't left our house in weeks. So every uh, week. (laughs) Every week, we come up with pixie dust. So we'd love for you to share something that brought you joy this week. Um, Anything that that made you happy. Um, I did go to Boathouse last night. (laughs) So there's that. You know what? I'm going to give you the lame but honest answer. Um, Okay. And it's it's stupid, but it's true. I believe that that every day on this side of the dirt is a good day. And I am just grateful, like every morning that I wake up and I'm like, all right, I'm still here. It's going to be a good day. Anything else after that is gravy. Um, You know, I I set every day with no expectations, like waking up, checking off the list. Everything else is good after that. So. Uh, waking up, so not being dead and boathouse are my two <laughs> big wins this week. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Thank you so much again, Lou, for being with us. And we are absolutely going to have you back on the show. I would love to. Thank you, guys. Thank you. <laughs> Carrie, so that was pretty cool. A lot of fun. <laughs> it was. He's really as positive as he comes across. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Like it's genuine. It's so genuine. And he just loves. He's the he's a super fan, a super duper. He's a super duper fan. (laughs) There's lots of super fans out there, but he's a super duper duper fan. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, like when you listen to him and he's positive, you see like that is him. That's truly is him. So, yeah. And I love his outlook on how he just, even if things maybe aren't as great as he, like, he just, he just focuses on the good stuff. finds the good. Find the good. It's so, he's very inspiring. Mm -hmm. Very inspiring. Like, there were a couple nuggets in that interview that I think I'm going to listen to a couple of times. Yeah, he was tearing up. I think I almost teared up a couple of times. yeah he was talking about it but we do you know we're gonna have to to go to the boathouse and and invite him over for for a meal next time we get there because that would be make sure he doesn't forget that he promised we can he promised that we could did he he might not said promise but he said that we could bring him for dinner (laughs) he did he absolutely did i think that's how you get to to lose you just say the boathouse we'll take you to the boathouse um so yeah that was that was a lot of fun he's a great guest and i i hope that we uh we can have him back on the podcast again mm-hmm, me too that was fun okay carrie so we um we've got to get our pixie dust yeah so have you got your pixie dust because we because if we forget it we hear about it although we've only ever for sort of forgot about it Did detoured we it once? well the terry harden two-parter we didn't we oh yeah we, we did it for have... the second one and not the first one so right because we weren't really sure i don't think we had the intention that, that it was going to be two parts but then it ended up <laughs> being two parts and i don't know that we had enough pixie dust for two parts but yeah anyways so, anyway, so we we're back to our pixie dust of the week so carrie what's yours so my pixie dust is um i've been i have a humongous uh, postcard collection <laughs> another thing that i collect Carrie. that i probably haven't divulged that tidbit yet no but i have been collecting postcards probably since i was in grade school when my friends would go on vacation i would get them to send a postcard and then as i've had various jobs i've had colleagues that traveled for work or traveled for pleasure and i kind of you know, tell them they better send me a postcard while you're away. <laughs> so I have a stack of postcards that um, years ago, I, I have like the smaller like postcard size scrapbook and I was putting them in the scrapbook. So I've been meaning to finish it. So um, anyways, this week and last week, I've been working on my uh, postcard scrapbook album and I got so much joy um actually reading the backs of some of these postcards because some of these postcards i've bought sometimes people just bring me back a handful of postcards wherever they go sometimes people mail them but um as i was sorting them because i was putting them by like world caribbean (laughs) united states (laughs) canada i have them all i was dividing them all up and looking at them trying to like i've got so many postcards like i would need 10 scrapbooks (laughs) so i'm just kind of trying to get little bits and pieces and my favorite ones and kind of covering the globe the best I can. Um, as I was sorting them, I was reading some of them and I have postcards from my friends in high school and 
like I said, public school and I've took pictures of the backs of some of them. I've sent one to my friend this morning, uh, early in the morning, like 14 year old, my friend Sandy sending me a postcard from, I think she was in Holland. Uh, and like just reading the message, messages on the back of what, for, like what my friend texting back and she's like, 14 year old Sandy sending a postcard to 14 year old Carrie. Isn't that awesome? Like, you know, the stuff we talk about on the back of the postcards or even just, you know, hearing about, your friend's trip to Paris or wherever, wherever, you know, they went back in high school. Um, it was pretty cool. And I got a lot of, I got a lot of joy out of that this week. So like I said, I've been taking pictures and I'm going to text them and and send them on Facebook messenger to some of my, my older friends that I'm sure don't even remember sending me the postcard, (laughs) let alone they're going to get a snapshot of what they wrote to me on the back of the postcard. Um, That's fantastic. What great memories. Yeah, it was, it was neat. Like and I forget and I and I forget like I forgot that that so many of them were from way back then like yeah. one from my my friend um, when I was younger I had a friend that lived up the street and she moved away and we were pen pals now um, where she moved to now that I'm an adult like is actually just the town over where I often go just to get groceries. But when I was younger and, you know, a million miles well, away. Well, but even all those years ago, like your mom's, your mom's not going to drive you to your best friend's house, you know, yeah. 40 minutes away or thir- whatever, 30 minutes away. So we were pen pals and, you know, her parents surprised her with a trip to Florida on Christmas morning. So she was telling me the story about how the parents, like they just decided at the last minute, but I'm sure they just, it was a Christmas <laughs> present. And she was talking about her, her trip trip to florida and it was a florida postcard um that so, is yeah, so it was just fantastic. a lot of a lot of fun and some people i am trying to remember who like who they were like i'm telling you i made everybody send me a postcard like <laughs> this one gal i think i worked at the knob hill farms and i think it was one of the cashiers i think i talked to her to send me a postcard when she went to italy and i'm like i think this is the gal that i worked with when i was in grade 10 at the knob hill farms because i worked in the bakery and i would make we made friends with everybody i'm like i think that's who that is oh so some of the situations i'm trying to remember who some of the who some of the people are from when i was a teenager because uh, uh like I said, I I can reflect and realize I may have like shaken everybody down for postcards. Like they, you know, yeah. I think my one of my teachers in high school, I could tell by the postcards. Like I gave her stickers with my address because wherever she went, she stuck. I could see it was my oh handwriting. My so, so I gave she... her I gave her stickers so that it would make it easy for her to send postcards <laughs> to me from the various places around the world that she went to. So I found a couple of her oh postcards as well. Carrie, yeah, so you are of full of surprises and and collections that we had no idea about. There you go. Postcards is another one. I wow. forget about it sometimes. So Wow. Yeah. So that, that was my pixie dust. That's so fun. That is what, so fun. What was your pixie dust? Was it well, as exciting my... as postcards? No, it really wasn't. <laughs> and now I'm like, huh, this is hardly, you know, in comparison. So I will tell you that your pixie dust is inspiring because last week your pixie dust was a hairdryer mm-hmm. that you were all excited about. So I bought the same hairdryer and it's pretty good. <laughs> and it's funny because I posted on Instagram and lots of people are coming back saying, Oh, I was looking at that. I'm thinking of buying it or coming back and saying, oh my gosh, I just ordered this last week or last month or whatever. And I just got it. So it's amazing. This hairdryer apparently is used by many. Um, But that was like, I wonder if like if people look at it and like in like because I've known it for a while and I wanted it and it costs a little bit more than I would, Mm. you know, because you wonder, does it really like, is it really worth it? Does it really work? Is it, is it worth it or whatever? Because it is, you know, is it a gimmick? Is it, you know, it's a, yeah. it's a hairbrush that's a hairdryer. Like they had those <laughs> in the seventies and I don't think they worked very well. Right. No. So, um, so I don't know, maybe this is, this is the exciting things try of our lives is these, uh, are these hair gotta, dryers. You got to take yeah. the plunge, take gotta... the, I don't <laughs> yeah. know. I was trying to think of a hair cut, cut curling reference, but yeah that, you just gotta yeah. go for it anyways so back <laughs> okay. to your pixie but dust that wasn't my pixie dust, my pixie pic- dust yeah this it's week. good because you're not getting away with copying my pixie dust yeah no i know i knew you would have given me in trouble for that so i had i was i was thinking of something else and you know it doesn't sound like a lot but it's it's a lot for me because um you know i have the website and blah 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 and i knew nothing about how to create any of those technical things didn't have any background in them anyway my website is all built by me 
and sometimes it's, you know it has, it has some glitches but whatever i'm learning uh the other day i managed to put a chat bot on my own website that works so it, <laughs> not part, only did i install it, it it works it works so the 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 facebook chat is on my website and it's linked to my facebook page so um it like people can just open their the oh, chat on my like website that. and and communicate with me through the Facebook page, which is kind of funny because uh, I messaged you the other night. I was all excited. I'm like, Carrie, I got the bot working. You're like, yes, I saw you talking to yourself because you're because <laughs> you're an admin on the page. So I when I was testing it, I was messaging the page as me and back and forth. So I was having a whole conversation to test it. And you saw me talking to myself. So yay. It's, you know, it's, it's weird, but it, it, it just, it felt good that it worked. It was kind of like when I figured out how to put uh, the links to the podcast on and, and things like that. It just, it feels good when I figure out how to do something. I just so. pulled it up and took a look at it. Well, look at that there. It works. I told, it does work. It's amazing. And now you you've know. got a message from me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. It works. Yay. <laughs> so that was that was my pixie dust very exciting for me it is that's cool yeah. so now if people want to go over and they're looking at the website they can send us um podcast suggestions feedback messages just say hello all through the website which very is cool. kind of fun mm-hmm. so we've been asking people to leave us ratings and reviews on apple podcasts and that's, you know, we love getting that kind of feedback. But I also want to see people posting their pictures and showing us where they listen to the podcast from. We've had some, we've had a few people do that. And I love sharing those uh, on Instagram and stuff and showing us where you listen to the podcast. And uh, we want to thank everyone for listening again. So thank you. Make sure to tell people about us. Share the podcast where you can. And until next time, remember... You are never too old to be young. Chase your dreams and design your own happily ever after. <laughs>